Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spirit Alive Network. Tell it Tuesdays with your host, Lester Carver. Before we get started, I'd like to open with a word of prayer and a song of silence. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your goodness to us, God. I thank you for you continually placing your purpose within our hearts, your desires, our hearts, and all of your blessings within our reach so that we can be a blessing to others, God. Father, I thank you for your power being ours today and for us embracing the fullness of what that means I thank you for you keeping us in a place of power, purpose, and praise, God, so that we can serve you, we can please you, we can trust you, and we can operate in absolute faith. I thank you for this right now. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. Normally, we would have a song, but tonight, we're not going to have it available for the goodness of God's word and all that he has positioned us to receive. One of the things that I wanted to share tonight was our need to focus on God in a way where our desire is to please him, serve him, trust him and operate in absolute faith no matter what we're going through whether we are experiencing the good and bad in life the bad in life the great in life or the ugly in life and that requires us to understand god's promise to us god's word so that we can always be in alignment and harmony with God, no matter what we may be experiencing. And that is going to prove to be a joy to our life because we're going to be prepared for any situation that comes our way. Challenging our understanding as Christians is the way that we were raised. We were all raised in order to believe that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. But anyone who's lived long enough knows that that's simply not true. So what do we do when we know that we have been obeying God? We know that we have been doing everything that God is asking us to do, and yet we are experiencing some very trying circumstances. We are facing some very serious situations in life. Well, what we have to do is we have to renew our mind to the Word of God and replace 
overcome in any situation. So I'll give you a, a good example. Someone is experiencing potential financial peril. They, the circumstances all say that everything is closing in on them and it's the end of the world and the sky is falling and there's nowhere to go. And, of course, that's the situation that the devil wants you to believe you're in, especially during this holiday season <laughs> where there's so much that people want to do and so much that people um, are may not be able to do. And God requires us to reject the circumstances, whatever things look like, and embrace the promise in his word, in God's word to you, are that he will not allow you, he will not place anything on you that is greater than what you can bear. But with the temptation that he does allow to be placed on you, he will make a way of escape. It says that also, in addition to this, that those who who love God and are called according to his purpose, that God causes all things to work together to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The in our mind is whenever we find ourselves in a tight state, we need to remember that if God gave it to us, God knows that we have the power to hold up under any situation that he allows to come our way. And he also promises that he's going to make a way of escape. So if we are standing on the word, what that means is that we're not going to be panicking. We're not going to be freaking out and just telegraphing all over the world that the sky is falling and it's the end and and everything is falling apart. That's not how we behave when we are renewing our mind to the word. When we're renewing our mind to the word, we, we do what God says for us to do in the scriptures. And what God says for us to do in the scriptures, when we are under attack, when we are in need of comfort, the Word of God tells us that we are to seek to comfort others. And it tells us that when we seek to comfort others, that the Holy Spirit within us, us. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to seek salvation if you are not saved. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to meet the challenges of the world the way that I am describing how Christians meet the challenges of the world. Christians don't meet the challenges of the world the same way that people in the world must meet the challenges of the world because people in the world are without the power of the Holy Spirit. So they are subject to whatever comes their way cause the power to resist the attacks of life simply is not there. 
they must they must adapt and they must adjust and they must respond in 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 direct opposition to the circumstances because that is the extent of the ability of their power. However, for us, with the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we must fully embrace the power of the Word of God and the promises in the Word of God and act on those promises in such a way that we do what God has given us to do. And in doing that, we learn to reject the circumstances and stand on the promises of the Word of God. It's a very difficult thing to do sometimes when you're looking at very real, very real consequences. And that's why God tells us don't look at the circumstances. Don't be circumstance conditioned, but be transformed by looking to his promises in his word that he magnified above his name so that you could be transformed from a person of doubt, worry, and fear, and unbelief to a person of faith, confidence, and trust, and belief. And when we study God's word, we study it with the purpose of preparing ourselves to do what the Word of God says do. Because as you put into practice the promises in the Word, as you test this thing out and see if it will do what God said it would do, what God promised it would do, the more you see God come through for you, the more you're going to study God's word because you're going to know that it's true. You're going to know that it's powerful. You're going to understand how to operate the power of the Holy Spirit within you in such a way that you're going to get other people saved. They're going to want your love, your joy, your gentleness, your meekness, your kindness, your patience, your faithfulness, your self-control because how we respond to the circumstances of life is in a supernatural way. It is not in a way that is common, but a way that is uncommon. I want to share an example tonight of someone who who was going through pretty much the absolute but this is someone who had tasted of the absolute best in life. He experienced all of God's goodness and all of God's grace, but he had a perfect heart toward God. He pleased he sought to please God in everything he did. So God touched his life and blessed him with many children, with many physical holdings. He had much wealth. One day, all of that 
was removed from him, and he was stricken with, well, one, he, he lost his children. They were all killed. He lost his possessions. They were all stolen. And he lost his health. And it was removed from him. And he had friends who came. And these friends did not come. They came in the name of comforting for him at all. Instead, what they did was they looked for areas of his life that they thought were lacking and accused him of being less than what God said he was. See, this man was Job, and God told the devil, hey, have you considered my servant Job, who is blameless, who is upright, who is perfect among all men? And the devil said to God, of course he loves you and he serves you and he pleases you, giving him the best of everything. But if you take all of that great, all of those great blessings you've blessed him with and remove them from him, he'll curse you to his face. So this was the challenge of the devil to God. He said, let me at him. Let me go take all that good stuff you blessed him with and all the great things that you allowed him to experience is yours. You can go down there and you can take all the good things from him. You just can't touch his body. You can't touch him as a person. But you can take anything that I blessed him with. And so that day, the, the devil went and he killed his children. They were having a, a big get together, all of them in one place, and a storm came and blew down the whole structure they were in and fell on all of them and killed them. Then his herds of cattle were stolen and his herds of sheep were stolen and all that he had, his possessions, they were all taken from him. And so the devil was betting on Job cursing God after all of those good things were removed from him. But what Job said was, how could I curse a God who blessed me with so much? God, Job said he would not blaspheme what he was experiencing. So the devil went back to God and God said, you see, I told you he wouldn't curse me. I told you he wouldn't blaspheme against me. I told you his heart was perfect toward me. And then the devil said, flesh for flesh, bone for bone. Let me at him. And if you let me touch his person, he will curse you. And God said, okay, you can have Adam, but don't kill him. So you see how God set the limit. God is the one who decides. And the devil went and he inflicted Job with boils from head to toe. So Job was in much pain, much affliction, and he was suffering greatly. And when you are suffering physically, 
it is a different type of suffering than simply losing what what you value, what you love. Not that it's not painful to lose loved ones or to lose possessions, but when you are going through physical illness yourself, especially something that is outwardly manifest like boils from head to toe that make people who used to look at you with envy and jealousy, look at you with pity and shame and disgust because you look repulsive and there were boils and pus and blood all coming from you. He was like a big open sore. And yet, and and, and that was another thing that happened, was his wife looked at him and said, will you just get this over with, curse God and die? You have nothing more to look forward to. You lost everything you had, and now look at you. You're all tore up. You're of no good to me or anybody else. And Job said to his wife, oh, foolish woman, you speak like one of those foolish women who don't know God, who never experienced any any of God's goodness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And once again, you see how Job did not blaspheme against God. And he still said and maintained, how could you speak? Should we not accept only the good from God? Or should we also accept the bad as well? Those who would be so blessed by God, how would we dare to say that we are only able to accept the good from the one who blesses us so greatly? So in life, how we prepare to please God in the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly is by standing on his word and looking for telling us to do to bring him glory. So one of the things that God tells us to do to bring him glory when we are suffering, it says when we are in need of comfort, we are to comfort others. That means we are not to fret and ponder our own situation, but rather look at the situation of someone else and actively comfort someone else. And it says that as we do that, that we will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. It says that in the Bible, in Romans chapter 5, that when we are going through tribulation, we glory in tribulation because we know that God is bringing us more patience, more experience, and more hope. And we know that hope makes not a shame, makes us not disappointed in our expectations. We know that God has shown up in our life before. God has always honored his word. God cannot lie. So we stand on that word, and it says that hope is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God is what produces 
that the circumstances will not prevail, that the lie of the adversary, that he has a chance of prevailing against the power of God is just that. It's a lie. It is the devil using fear in order to trap you in a snare. And the snare, unbelief, is the product of active doubt, worry, and fear. Doubt, worry, and fear operate in the exact opposite direction of faith, confidence, and trust in God. That's why when you study God's word, you have to study it with a mind to do what the word of God is telling you to do so that you can receive the blessings of God. So when we are going through tribulation, we learn to glory in that tribulation. That is one of the ways that God gets glory because it is evident that we are getting more patience, experience, and hope from God and that we are not ashamed. We are not disappointed in our expectations because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart and we know that God is faithful to his word. We know that God has come through in the past. He's going to come through again. I want to share with you what happened to Job here in the middle of his affliction, in the middle of his his test. Right in the middle, it says about this conversation between God and, and Job. In chapter 6 of Job, Job says, he says to God, he says, my misery could be weighed if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales. It would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder that I am screaming like a caged cat? The arrows of God Almighty are in me, poison arrows, and I am poisoned all through God has dumped the whole works on me. Donkeys bray and cows moo when they run out of pasture. So don't expect me to keep quiet in this. Do you see what God has dished out for me? It's enough to turn anyone's stomach. Everything in me is repulsed by it. It makes me sick. So now Job is speaking about how he's been pressed to the limits. It says, all I want is an answer to one prayer, a last request to be honest. Let God step on me, squash me like a bug, and be done. Be done with me for good. I'd at least have the satisfaction of not having blasphemed the holy God before being pressed past the limits. See, this is what the devil was trying to get him to do. Put him in such pain and distress that he would blaspheme the name of the Holy God. And he told God that was his bet. That was this is the devil's bet to God is if you take away all the good things from Job, if you take away his health, he'll curse you to your face. And you see all along that everything that Job does is to avoid doing just that because what 
God said about Job was true. His heart was right. There is none who was more or came around and said, all of this bad doesn't happen to somebody who is upright. What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And that's where our upbringing about believing that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, it's a lie. It's not true. And if you're being taught like that, you're being set up. (laughs) Cause, the word of God says that all things that are common to man, we are subject to all things that are common to man. So when these things happen to us, what sets us apart from those who are not saved is our response to those things. Because the word of God has prepared us to glory in tribulation. The word of God has prepared us to comfort others when we are in need of cause. God tells us when we comfort others, the Holy Spirit will comfort us. So if you're in need of comfort, go find someone who needs comfort. Comfort them and watch the Holy Spirit. This is how this works. And when you understand the principles of God, and you understand how the power of God works, how the power of God flows, then you can find yourself in that place. You know what to do when challenging circumstances surround you. You know where to look, not at the circumstances you look to God's Word. So look at what it says here in the middle of this passage from Uh, It says, and I'll read all of it again. All I want is an answer to one prayer, a last request to be honored. Let God step on me, squash me like a bug, and be done with me for good. I'd at least have the satisfaction of not having blasphemed the holy God before being pressed past my limits. Where's the strength to keep my hopes up? What future do I have to keep me from going? Do you think I have nerves of steel? Do you think I'm made of iron? Do you think I can pull myself up by my bootstraps? Why, I don't even have any boots. I don't even have any bootstraps. Or I don't even have any boots is what he says, right? And so I I wanted to highlight this portion in the middle of Job's affliction because time, his friends are telling him to give up and quit and that he can't be right and there's something that he had to do to bring this on himself. His wife tells him, just curse God and die and get it over with. And really, she's pushing him in the direction that the devil wanted him to go in, right? And he said, oh, foolish woman, you speak like somebody who doesn't know the goodness of God, who hasn't experienced God's greatness. How can we just partake of all good in life and not also share in the bad and the ugly? How can we just participate in the great? But what I want to point out here is that after Job patiently endured his test, that was not the end of the story. Job was praying to die, but God didn't answer that prayer. What God did was he responded to Job's heart that said, I will not curse God in any circumstance in any situation. And after, after 
challenging that and saying, what have I done to bring this on me? What is the deal? We have a discussion with God, and God says, before you make the mistake of judging me, remember that you were not a part of any of this activity of creating anything that you benefit from now. Remember that there's only one God, and I'm that God, and who are you to question me, right? But it goes further so that at the end, you see God's goodness. You see God tell Job, go and pray for your friends. Tell your friends to bring burnt offerings and sacrifices so that you can forgive them, so that God can forgive them because what they said about God was wrong. They said that God was punishing Job because he had some secret hidden sin, and that was not the case at all. We know, but Job didn't know. We know because we're reading it after the fact. We know that the devil say, hey, you considered my servant Job, how awesome he is, how great he is. He is the most upright man in the earth. Now, when God says that about you, that's the truth. And yet his friends dared to say otherwise, right? But when people say uh, things other than what God said, it is always of no effect. It is always incredulous. It's without credibility, right? So let's see what happens. Where does this all land in the end? After God, after God allows Job to experience all of this, it says that the that his friends made their sacrifices, and it says, after Job had interceded for his friends, this is in um, the last book of Job, chapter 42, verse 10, it says, after Job had interceded for his friends, God restored his fortune and then doubled it. So everything Job had before he suffered, God doubled it to his house and celebrated. They told him how sorry they were and consoled him for all the trouble God had brought him. See, God brought the trouble. God allowed the, the devil. God brought him, brought Job to the devil's attention. Job wasn't even thinking of, or the devil wasn't even thinking of Job until God said, hey, you considered my servant Job. God was bragging on Job, but this is what happened as a result. And it said each one of his friends and his brothers and sisters brought Job generous housewarming gifts. God blessed Job's life later. It says God blessed Job's later life even more than his earlier life. So this is the great. He said the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly in life is all ours, right? Later life even more than his earlier life. He ended up with 14,000 sheep, twice as much as he had before. 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of and 1,000 dollars, twice as much as he had before he suffered. He also had seven sons and three daughters. So his children were not, well, were effectively doubled because 
they were replaced, so to speak. It says he named the daughter, the first daughter Dove, the second daughter Cinnamon, and the third Dark Eye, providing them the same inheritance. So he had ten sons and daughters told. And it says Job lived on another 140 years after his affliction, living to see his children and grandchildren, four generations of them. Then he died, an old man full of life. See, if Job had listened to his wife and cursed God and died, and, and had actually, he would have forfeited this awesome blessing. If he said, oh, I just can't take it anymore, it's too, it's more than I can bear, that type of unbelief brings you the type of outcome that makes it impossible for this type of great blessing to be yours. So when you are going through, your expectation has to be in alignment and harmony with the promise of God. And God promises that it's his will for you to prosper and be in health. We have to be careful what we speak because to our life, what we believe. We can't stop fiery darts from the devil from coming to our minds of doubt, worry, fear. But we can control what we allow to come out of our mouth. It is not what goes into a man's mouth, into a woman's mouth, that defiles them, but what comes out of their mouth. So what we have to make sure comes out of our mouth is the promise of the word of God and not a narration of our observation of the circumstances surrounding us, the negative attacks that the devil says, the sky is falling, this is the end, you're going back bankrupt. The economy is broken. No to all of that. You have to say what the Word of God says. So the Word of God says it is his will for you to prosper and be in health. The Word of God says he sent his son Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came so that you could love life and live it more than abundantly. The Word of God says you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. Right? The Word of God says you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, right? So there's no room for you to say, I can't, or that the situation you're experiencing is greater than the promises of God, because it's not. We have to look to this example in Job, and I highly recommend that anyone living life reads the book of Job and to share in the testimony of the experience in the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly in life while obeying God and seeking to please God, serve God, trust God, and operate in absolute faith. This is going to be a blessing to you because when you feel a pain, instead of confessing some illness that is common in your family, you are going to say, I am well. I am being delivered. And at, at best, you're going to say nothing at all. Heavenly Father, I thank you this evening today in your word to stand on these promises confidently and boldly. And I thank you for you and your faithfulness to us and keeping us over these many years, God, and for keeping all of us during the holiday season from despair, from suicide, 
and from all negativity by speaking positive things, by speaking what we want, walking into the fullness of that, knowing that our desires come from you so that we can please you, serve you, trust you, and operate in absolute faith. I thank you for this right now. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. And as always, from Spirit Alive Network and Hello Tuesday, your host, Lester Carver. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.